Hey, welcome to Chaos in the Attic. I'm your host, Noor. I'm here to share all things that go on in my head, from thoughts to my opinions on things that I feel should be talked about and things that are just not addressed at all. I know we all have thoughts that we feel are not discussed, and I'm here to hopefully express some of those thoughts that you're having. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's get chaotic. Hello and welcome to Chaos in the Attic or welcome back to Chaos in the Attic. I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, well surrounded by all the love, wonders, and magic that life has to offer. I am coming to you with a very special, enlightening episode with another special guest, Dr. Amritsia. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She practices brain spotting and Chinese herbalism, and she also does functional testing. When I say this episode is filled with so much goodness, I truly mean it. If you know anything, if you've been following my podcast, then you know how much I love acupuncture and how much I always talk about acupuncture and how it truly has helped me in my own health. And I just always preach. I always preach, you know, get some acupuncture because it truly is so magical and in this episode we talk all about that we talk about the magic of acupuncture we talk about chinese medicine and how it differs from western medicine we also go into different modalities and different practices of chinese medicine and we also talk about different tips that you can include into your own life on a daily basis that you can start to do to transform your own health. What I really loved about this episode is that it is so perfectly tied into my Your Soul mini-series of touching on all the different aspects of health and showing that health is not just linear and that your whole life encompasses what your health results to become. And we, and Dr. Mertia really does emphasize this in this episode. And what was even greater about it is we do touch on the the topic of connection in this episode. And this was an in-person recording, which is always so lovely to have and to really connect with someone on a one-on-one face-to-face eye-to-eye is a whole different experience. And I really appreciated that. And you can literally feel the radiation of this of her living her purpose and truly being so passionate about the work that she's doing and I'm sure you're going to be able to feel that throughout this episode so I'm just so grateful for this time and for all the information that she was so caring and loving to share with all of us so yeah without further ado let's just get into the episode as I'm sure you're going to love it I want to ask you, how is your headspace currently? Like, how how has life been treating you? It's been great. Honestly, it's been very expansive. Um, I feel like I'm in this incredible growth state. And I almost feel like my body is starting to catch up with my mind. Like, I feel like my mind can run at so many, like, intentions and projects and desires and wants of of things out of life and by things I mean like 
what I want to create in terms of uh, projects with patients or treatment plans or learning like new things in terms of functional medicine, Chinese medicine and like modalities. And like, it's amazing. I'm so excited. But I had been in the kind of like in the inward state where I was like very introspective. Um, So I guess I'm now kind of aligning with the seasons in terms of like things coming into expression with the spring, you know, like things blossoming and I'm totally feeling that energy. Yeah, I feel that. It's also like when you're and you have like 10,000 things in your mind that you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I want to do that. I want to do that. It's like literally your mind's like going 10,000 miles ahead and your body's just like, wait, like, let me try to figure out how to do this part first before we get to the next part. And it's just like all crazy. But yeah, it's such an exciting time like to be in. And especially, yeah, like you said, like spring, I, I felt that too, like this kind of like a start to like these things coming to fruition in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do you want to start by telling listeners who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Dr. Maritza Bojaini Goitia. I'm a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And I also practice brain spotting therapy. And within my licensure, I practice Chinese herbalism as well. And I do some level of functional medicine testing as well to get patients at a aligned state with their physiology. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know you did the functional medicine um, testing. Is that through like, it's through like lab tests, like lab work, blood tests? Yeah, so I work with private labs where we order patients, their labs, depending on what they need. So like, I mainly focus on digestive issues because that's where most of our health arises from. Yeah. Uh, but I do other, other testing as well, like blood and, um, hormone testing okay mm-hmm. well let's just go back a little because you talked about Chinese medicine um what exactly is Chinese medicine and how does it differ from tradi- like quote-unquote traditional western medicine yeah so Chinese medicine is a holistic system that is based off of the patterns in nature specifically and it is always looking to balance the energies of yin and yang which could be translated to the polarities of like the male and feminine energies in the body. And anything can be broken down into these two energies. And so it's seeking to create balance in the mind, body, and spirit through all of these modalities of acupuncture, cupping, herbalism, qigong, tai chi, moxibustion, gua sha. Like it's just like an incredibly holistic medicine that has all of these tons of modalities because we're multi-dimensional right so we're of course going to need like a multimodal approach which i love about chinese medicine and how does it i guess because i know that doesn't really necessarily focus on just you know here you go here's some here's some medicine take it and let's move on from this situation is it more of like a lifestyle approach and is it more of something that you practice on a daily basis rather than just you take some medicine, you yeah, you carry on with your day. Yeah, it's definitely a lifestyle. And it's also an awareness of the differing energies that are in constant change. Like nothing is static. If you look at the seasons, like everything is slightly changing. The way that I like to show patients that nothing is static is like even look at your iPhone and look at the weather app. 
Look at when the sun rises and when the sun sets. The time is different every day. The length is different every day. And so what we're doing is through all of these modalities, wanting to create alignment with the energy of that day or that season or that month. And so we're constantly making modifications to align with the season um, with regards to diet, with regards to movement, with regards to even acupuncture. There are prescriptions that we do for summer that we wouldn't do in winter because in summer there's a lot more heat and so we want to align with that energy and support the energy to align with the season. Okay. I, I like that, like the idea of like looking at the weather off in that sense because it is really true. Like it, it's never the same and we're con- our whole body is constantly shifting and yeah, like we do need to have that approach to just going with the flow of our body rather than just doing the same daily routine and like, yeah, exactly. Um, how does that influence um, our emotional being or our mental being in terms of like how does it work to like get into the deeper levels of us because yeah like I said like with western medicine it's just a pill you take it and you carry on but when you're actually going through these practices and you're actually taking the time to I guess listen to your body in a sense and to get into flow with that how does that how does what does that look like and how does yeah how does it influence our inner being so with regards to like mental health and patients who are expressing expressing mental imbalances, my biggest go-to is always going to be acupuncture and herbal medicine to begin with. Acupuncture supports the body in getting in a parasympathetic state, which is in a rest, digest, relax state. And in that state is where we begin to repair and heal. Also, acupuncture has been found through functional MRI studies that it works with the limbic brain to deactivate the amygdala, which is the emotional processing center. So once you can like deactivate that and start to create a regulatory process through acupuncture, then you can start to work with the emotional body that the body's expressing. So that's when I come in with herbal medicine and we'll see like, okay, well, what is it that is the predominant emotional state that you're expressing? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it frustration? Is it sadness? Is it more of a manic state? You know, there's so many different expressions of emotional bodies that need different calibrations of herbal medicine. And then once you kind of create some level of like harmony and balance, then you can go in and start to look at like, what is the internal processing? And that's where you use things like Qigong, meditation, Tai Chi, move through the body to create alignment with the breath, which supports the arisal of our highest self. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned like the science part because I do want to get into that a little bit. But before that, um, how would someone know exactly where to start? Like, where do they go when they then they're finding their Chinese um, a, like a practitioner, a Chinese medicine practitioner? Where does that start with, and how do they even get to that place of deciding that this is like a route for them to take? Like, this is where this is what how they want to start approaching their life or how they want to start approaching their health. Yeah, I think for most people, it ends up being sort of like a, an awakening. And unfortunately, for the majority of those people, it's always driven by some level of pain. 
not necessarily physical, but mental and emotional pain, you know, like some level of suffering where they're seeing that Western medicine has these gaps and is not supporting them. Um, I think the biggest way to support one and increasing access is meditation and Qigong, Tai Chi, like those movement practices, those are easily accessible, like looking up something on YouTube, um, looking at meditations and finding something that supports you in that sense. And then with regards to focusing on working with a Chinese medicine practitioner, uh, I would definitely say like looking up someone through like the, the board, like nationally board certified, or through your specific state to see like any licensed acupuncturists. Yeah. And then to people that might feel, um, I guess, hesitant about it or are reluctant to try it for whatever reason, you know, like it's deemed as something like a little more woo-woo, a little less traditional, which is the original traditional, like Western medicine came after. And how, like, what would you say to those people? Like, how would you encourage them to seek out like a different approach? Yeah, usually for that patient population, it's going to be some level of research, you know? Um, And that's why looking at like functional MRI studies, I look at like how do the, how does the brain respond to acupuncture is so incredibly supportive, like giving information like that. Um, and even beyond that, you know, like when it comes to different cases outside of the mental, emotional health realm where you're looking at things like pain, like I, I would say that's number, that's the number one research um, topic when it comes to acupuncture. With herbal medicine, it does get a little trickier because the current research, most of the research on Chinese herbal medicine is on single herbs. And Chinese herbalism is practiced within formulas where you have 8, 12, 20 constituents. And so to do research on like all of these blends is kind of more complicated. Uh, but what I always tell people, like I know we're always looking for like this whole like, what is has the most evidence-based medicine to approach it all what more evidence do you need than like the test of time like acupuncture has been around for over five thousand years like i don't think it would exist if it was a hoax for that long and it continues to expand like you know it's not just chinese medicine it's in the u.s it's in mexico it's in europe it's everywhere now yeah i i agree with that and i mean even in terms of like just the idea that it has been present for so long and has anyone died from it has anyone like really suffered like any severe consequences from it like that's also just evidence in itself but why do you think that there's not as much research conducted on herbs and around these type of modalities A lot of the research that is funded is funded by pharmaceutical companies and people who want to make some level of money off of it. Um, When it comes to herbal medicine, it has been abused and perversed. So like one example is um, Ma Huang is is an herb from the Chinese herbal pharmacopoeia and the constituent that was extracted from it, a perversion, right? So like you're looking at like this intelligent model of how the plant evolved to provide this medicine 
And instead of taking all of the constituents, we extracted one component, ephedra. And then they used it in a product for weight loss for women, which has never been the intention of that herb. The herb is actually created to support the release of like a cold. But they extract this one constituent that supports the release of sweat, which then led to cardio problems amongst women and actually women died and that was a product created by Herbalife and so you see these kind of things where you're looking at little constituents rather than looking at the plant as a whole this evolutionary process that the plant has taken to provide us the medicine so that's one of the things is like pharmaceutical companies primarily want to know like how can we take this and make money off of it secondly if women if women if people are actually overcoming their illnesses or creating the balance that they need to support their lives, then they're not living off of pharmaceuticals. They're harmonizing with nature and they can't make a profit off of that. So I think that's the other thing too. It's unfortunately we live in a, in a Western medical model where we want to create profit off of sick care rather than health care and thriving people. That's really sad. It's just like, and then we get asked, like, why are you frustrated from the from these type of governments or these type of systems? Like, no wonder, no wonder we're tired of it. No wonder we question it. It's because it's just like, when something is actually there to like help us and support us in that way, and you're not, I guess, like putting in the resources to make that bloom and to give that those resources out to people. It's like, okay, what's the point? And I remember like in the beginning of the pandemic, like when a lot of functional medicine doctors talking about different vitamins and different herbs and supplements that could like lifestyle changes that would help support people in the CDC took a really very long time to like, I guess, promote those, those lifestyle changes and those supplements and those habits that we can all do to support our immune system, which is just ridiculous and sad. But um, kind of going back, how did you get into Chinese medicine and into these treatments? It's a perfect way to segue into this because, I mean, I was headed to the MD route. (laughs) (laughs) So during my undergraduate years, I was at University of Chicago and I actually worked under the chief of neurology in his research lab for two years and I was working on cerebellar ataxia and I was looking into going into an MD program upon completing my bachelor's. When I completed my bachelor's, I started working at a new lab, which was a psychopharmacology research unit. I kind of scaled into working with people because I was like, okay, I need humans. I'm like way too much of like a heart-centered human connectedness type of person. So then I shifted to working with people and when I was working in that lab within the month, I just regained, gained the awareness of like, this isn't medicine. We're not questioning what the root is. We're suppressing, we're sedating. We're not actually wanting to create change. Like we're literally just wanting to damp it. And so that's where I began my quest of like, okay, Where do I look for medicine now? So I turned to looking at homeopathy, osteopathic medicine, naturopathic medicine, and Chinese medicine. And what kind of like finalized it for me was 
at the time that I was looking for my career choice, I was having a lot of sinus issues and sinus headaches. And so I was taking a lot of Tylenol and Ibuprofen for the headaches. And one day after taking another dose of a painkiller, I had a terrible reaction and I was nauseous, I was dizzy, like my visual field was kind of like in and out, like kind of like black spots and trickling and I couldn't, I was like not coherent and not, not really conscious, right? And so my boss was like, okay, you gotta go. So I left, I went home. My roommate at the time was an acupuncturist and she saw me in that state and she was like, let me put some needles in you. I'll give you treatment. If you don't feel good, I'll drive you to the ER after. And so I said, sure. Like I was feeling awful. I was like, I'll try anything. I laid down in the living room on the floor. I remember and she put needles in me and within like 20, 25 minutes, I called her over. I was like, Nicole, take these needles out. I really have to go to the restroom. And so she took the needles out and I went into the restroom. I had the most brightest highlighter yellow urine I've ever seen. And I peed like a racehorse, like an incredible amount. But I felt completely 180 difference. Like I was 100% present, aligned, no pain, no nausea, no dizziness. I was like, what is this? This is incredible. It's like, I need to learn this because this is medicine. Yeah. How does this work? And so within the week I had applied to a program and was like ready to start school for it. It's amazing how like something so simple can like quickly change your whole, your whole life, literally like from your, your physical body into your mind into like what you're doing and what you start how you start to view things. It just shifts completely from like something so simple that was always there and you just you just you know you you needed it when you needed it most that's when it comes to you I guess but what were your views like before that like when you when you had your roommate she was doing this acupuncture work like what how did you view that like what was your like were you thinking like oh like were you interested intrigued at it by it or was it like oh this is not for me I, I like I liked the idea of it. Um, I think I still wasn't sure, like fully sold on it. Um, she actually like maybe for like two years prior to that, she had told me a few times like you should go visit my school. Like I think you would really enjoy it, you know. And I, I for some reason I I it just wasn't the time, you know. Like I was still had some level of a block within that or like I wasn't aligned in the perfect energetic for it to come into my experience and it was almost like I had to have that have that experience where I felt that awful unfortunately to get to the expression of like whoa okay I get it now like yeah. this is this is it yeah I get that um yeah I feel like that's just yeah it's, it's crazy I really like your story a lot and I think that it, I feel like a lot of people can relate to it, whether it's through medicine or whether it's through something else that they've experienced in their life and they felt that shift or that switch. But I, what I will say with that, like even with acupuncture, I feel like it's something so simple that you can, not, not that you can get it from anywhere, but like if you have like someone to, a, a, an acupuncturist to 
go get even if you think that you're feeling really good that day like I know that sometimes when I go see my acupuncturist I'm like oh like is there a point of going today like I feel like I'm I'm good but I go in and I somehow feel 10,000 times better and I'm like oh yeah like I wow like this is this is pure medicine like this really does work um and yeah (laughs) um in terms of your story so I know that you said that you know you were in more like you were going for like the more western approach Mm -hmm. in doing that have you noticed a shift I guess in terms of like the people that are in that sphere compared to like the sphere of like the more holistic approach like the the functional medicine and the Chinese medicine like was there a shift in like the people that you were working with um certainly I think primarily the people that I worked with when I was kind of headed towards the MD route like in that research state very linear um very um goal-driven I would say compared to like the people more so in the Chinese medical world a lot of the Chinese medicine practitioners you know follow very they're very flowy very yin yang um, a lot more artists creatives uh, which I think I aligned with that more because of I mean my own music background I played in the symphony but even beyond that it's like very in touch with a feminine approach and I think for healing that is very supportive when you do something that's too structured with healing it creates an expectation of a linear model of transformation from A to B but if you look at the way the feminine archetype works it's transformational models of change where you don't know necessarily exactly how it's going to align or what the end goal will look like but it will be completely transformed from the point that it started and and if you speak to anyone that's had a healing journey that's what it is it's never linear yeah and most of life is never linear we have this expectation of how to have things go and flow but we always get what we need when we need it (laughs) yeah it's funny because it's just like literally even though people that do think that life is very linear if they took a step back to like actually look at their life and see their plan like there were so many bumps and there were so many like uphills and downhills there's like so many different turns that we take and yeah it's I feel like it's just like a, the idea of like control in a sense of yes yeah which is Obviously, I think that I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like most people have an issue with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of shift into brain spotting because mm-hmm. I know that's something that you do. And I'm very curious to, I've, tr- I think I've done one session of brain spotting, but I don't know exactly if it was brain spotting. So can you please just elaborate on exactly what brain spotting is and how it works? Yeah. I really love brain spotting. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, so it's very similar to EMDR, which most people have some level of awareness of, which is used for trauma primarily, but it can be used for any mental emotional imbalance. And 
brain spotting differs from EMDR in the sense that EMDR has a very specific protocol to follow with regards to the eye movement and the reprocess, reprocessing and desensitization of past experiences. Brain spotting, on the other hand, kind of is more free flow in the sense that it follows to see where the patient is expressing that somatic uh, misalignment. So an actual like brain spotting session looks like a patient putting on headphones to have binaural stimulation. So we put on binaural beats and in that way we're kind of integrating right and left brain hemispheres through the emotional processing. And then you get the patient to become activated with whatever issue we're working on. So that could be anything from like sexual trauma or a experience where they failed a test or anxiety to having big conversations with their parents. You know, it could be anything on the spectrum of like a mental emotional dissonance. And so once we get that issue activated in the person, then we track the visual field. And while you're tracking the visual field, you're keeping an eye on the patient. The patient is also communicating to you what they're experiencing. So that could be anything from like hyperventilation or like jaw getting tight or like I'm getting a headache or I'm getting twitching on my face, you know, any, anything where there's a, a somatic expression. And then that's when you know you're at the spot, like literal brain spot. So you hold the vision in that same spot and you just kind of have like a mindfulness, compassionate awareness of that. And in that processing, you're allowing the patient to kind of have a very internal experience. I always tell patients like, I'm not going to have a dialogue with you in this moment. You know, if you need anything, I'm here and I'm more than willing to offer support. You know, that's what I'm doing here is like witnessing the processing for you. But more than anything, it's your internal representation system that's going to change and create coherence in this process. Usually takes maybe about somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes to have an integration and the integration will look like the person becoming calm, relaxed, sometimes even sleepy. So that's when you know like they've done a lot of deep subcortical work in the brain that's allowing them to now go into a more relaxed, calm, parasympathetic state. And so in my sessions, we'll do that in the session. If, if, we, if we have time, we'll do a second spot. And then we do a debrief to see like, how are you feeling? How are things going? Is there anything you're still feeling in your body? And then we'll take it into an acupuncture and cupping session to support the integration process and to support the parasympathetic state to kind of strengthen the new neural pathways we're building in the release of whatever mental emotional imbalance is being created and released. Oh, okay. I, I, I do think I've done it, but I am someone who's like terrible at any type of new talk therapies because I get too in my head mm -hmm. and I just don't allow myself to like really just trust the, the mm. process that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's what I always say. I'm like, if someone tries to like hypnotize or anything like that, it's never going to work because I'm just too in my head. Is that, is that something that like is still, can you can process through? Like, 
Yeah, because so like you saying like that you're still in your head. That's a very prefrontal cortex like personality. Like the, like you, this, you're just saying like yeah. this is who I am. Like I can't get hypnotized. Like so, these are where your beliefs are, right? Yeah. But when we go into a brain spotting session, you're going beyond that, below that, which is why there's not really much of a dialogue happening. It's to allow the brain to have its own integration with the body. It's a very mind-body-based relational therapy to allow your representation system to do the harmonization that it needs because your body knows infinitely better how to heal itself than someone externally, me, saying like, oh, this is what you need, you know? Yeah. So your body and your brain will regenerate to align. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like there's like so many different questions. Like you said, trying, like in the beginning, Chinese medicine is so broad. There's like 10,000 different treatments, 10,000 different ways to approach it. And I feel like I can get into every single one. Like something that I am really curious about is, you know, like cupping as in, ter in terms of um, like aesthetic and beauty goals and beauty treatments. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Like I, I feel like that's something that's coming now more into – I guess popularity right mm -hmm. now and it's becoming a trend like the face cupping and like all these different things like what are your thoughts on that i cut my face every day okay. i love it wow i love it um and then I, I mean primarily like i do cupping on the back when i work with patients unless i'm doing a specifically like a facial treatment uh, but it's amazing for lymphatic drainage for stimulation of uh regeneration of cells which is really great for skin health and I mean, to me, if you can use this modality to support beauty and health, like all the power to you, you know, like yeah. holistic approach, you know, like why, why not? Why not? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to, if you're choosing this instead of like a neurotoxin, like Botox, 100% yes. Like yeah. it's, it's just supporting the free movement of the tissue. What would the difference be? between the gua sha and then cupping is it does it do the same thing uh what they support each other okay so in terms of like how i i perform it i do the um i do the cupping first to kind of bring all of the fluid up to the surface like and i'll do it throughout my face right and then once i brought that fluid up to the surface now you have to really like start to move it so the gua sha serves as that. It's kind of like scraping that and moving mm -hmm. any excess fluid that has like proteins that are causing an inflammatory response to be eliminated through the lymphatic system. Okay, I like that. I yeah I I I mean I I have gua sha, but I I have been interested in getting like face facial cups. I don't know why I'm like so nervous. I'm like scared. I think of the bruising. Like that's what I think. Cause I'm like so used to like when you do it on your back, oh, and, like you get like yeah. marks. So in my head, I'm like, oh, if I do on my face, I'm going to get marks. I'm going to be walking around with, like, all these spots on my face. Oh, just, <laughs> you don't leave them that long. It's okay. very, very fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in terms of that, kind of on the same note, um, I feel like with these type of treatments, they tend to be more on the pricey side because, yeah. like, we kind of discussed, it's like the FDA is not 100% uh, approving of these things they're not really financing them they're not really in health plans or anything like that and insurance plans so what how would you i guess suggest to people to start to 
approach it or like how can they approach these type of treatments in a way that is more sustainable and more accessible to themselves yeah i mean one of those things is like when you can't do the modality do it at home right so like like you just mentioned like you have your own gua sha tool that's really great and it it you can use that beyond like beauty you know you can use it if you have tmj you can use it if you have like some level of neck pain and like scrape it right um Another approach would be like, look for a local Qigong or Tai Chi class. Like people underestimate the power of movement, but truly that will let you know where your holding patterns are, not only in your body, but in your mind. It'll let you know like where your resistance lies and where you, once you can spot the resistance, then you can work in that area. For acupuncture specifically, I know that there are some community acupuncture clinics and I actually just started one too, to offer, to have an offering because we should have access for everyone, you know? Yeah. This shouldn't be just for those who can afford it or for the elite. Um, what makes it expensive, I would say, is more so the education of it, you know? And that, and that it's like these entrepreneurs that are creating it, the access to it, right? And so it's not like this big, massive company that has like th thousands of employees and because of that, they can deliver it quickly and easily. I think the more that acupuncturists can create these community clinic settings will be so much more supportive. Even if you're not creating a custom formula, whether that be acupuncture cupping or herbs, just getting people to experience acupuncture will be so incredibly supportive to all systemic health because it decreases inflammation, which impacts all levels of health. And how does that look like, I guess, on a more, like on a, in a community kind of setting? Like, how do you, how does that, how would you approach that? Is that like everyone sits down and you like different, like, is it a couple of different acupuncturists come in and like acupuncture you or is it, how does that look like? So it varies. Every clinic will have like a different approach. Um, one style that I worked in did auricular. So we did the ear needling mm -hmm. and then you do ear seeds after to kind of do like a treatment to go. And so in that way, it was like we could have people in chairs in a small room, but like in a room that you would be treating one person, you could be treating eight, you know. And so that's like one setting. I know another setting where they do like they'll have multiple acupuncturists. And people have like a 15 minute segment of when they come in and have that 15 minute engagement with the acupuncturist to tell them what is their biggest concern and what they want to work on and they get needles in. And so typically people are in all together in one room. Uh, so there isn't that kind of one-on-one -on -one individualized kind of setting. But at the end of the day, it's like the more that we can get people to experience acupuncture, the more healing the whole world will have you know i think yeah. if you even look back at to how indigenous tribes did their healing practices it was always a community it's always in a group setting you know and i think creating spaces like that is so incredibly vital to to humanity and even more so now coming out of like lockdowns and pandemics and wearing masks you know it's yeah. like the more we can get people connected in the hard space that is healing them, the more that we're going to expand as a, as a society. Oh, and I really do love that you're doing that. I think it's just it's such a beautiful thing to like be able to give that to others. 
and for when you are giving like giving people that chance to really feel the medicine and to see that that shift for themselves that opens them up to being able to do more for others and being able to be more giving to others and it's just like this whole ripple effect the butterfly effect in that sense and it's it's really is important and i yeah i just really love that that's something that you have just i guess you yeah you started um what i feel like just like do you have like three 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 things three to four things mm-hmm. however however many you want to list <laughs> of like things that people can start doing today in their own life to start integrating this type of like medicine into their life uh i would say the biggest thing and number one thing is breathing so chinese medicine talks about the changes and it's all based off of expansion and contraction and you see that that's like all of the motions in the universe are based off of that expansion and contraction and somewhere existing somewhere in that space so if you look at like the winter we're in like a deep contractile space and if you go into summer then you're in the most expansive space so spring and and fall are somewhere in that middle range right so if we can get people to like look at where their breathing is that's like one of the fundamental things in qigong and if you're driving through traffic and you take some time and space to like notice how you're breathing you'll start to just kind of realize where there is a holding pattern or where you're not breathing enough and if we can slow down that breath that's just going to decrease cortisol it's going to decrease inflammation it's going to allow you to be in the more calm and aligned states when you have your breath slow down and align with your mind body and spirit then you can be an asset to anyone else around you so breath is like the first thing secondly movement you know if you can do any level of movement during the day like if you can just like put on your favorite song put some headphones on and dance for like 20 minutes like get yourself literally feeling good that's going to be so incredibly healing you know on like the mind body spirit spectrum as well you know so that and then food nourishment like and i don't just mean in like the whole you sit down and like you eat and like there's that physical aspect of like brussels sprouts and salmon or like whatever you're eating but like the food of nourishment like what are you taking in what does your social media look like what are you receiving in what is your environment looking like what are you receiving and accepting in the space that you're in you know like what in your environment and experience are you choosing to nourish you i really, i love that you touched on that because yeah i feel like when people talk about food or like the nourishment that you're getting automatically just goes to like the actual nutrition that you're taking in but it's so much more than that it's literally everything that is around you all the things that you are consuming and some things we're aware of and some things we're not aware of so just being mindful of that is really important because everything does whether again like whether you're not you're aware of it or not will get into your system and yeah. it's important to surround yourself with things that are going to make you feel good and with the dancing I'll say this also like 100% if I'm not in a good <laughs> mood I'll just put on any random song whether it's a 3 minute dance that I'll do just like shaking it out of my body shaking yes. it out of my system is everything like it really does 
shift things. And it's like even, yeah, I, I think that those are really three really good tips. Um, well, can you walk us through like a day in your own life that how you start to integrate into I can't pronounce word. <laughs> these type of um, treatments or like this type of lifestyle into your day? Yeah. Uh, so I wake up, meditate. I love meditating. I love that feeling after like coming out of a meditation. So usually I'll do, depending on where, how much time I have, ideally I like to do like a 20 to 30 minute meditation. If I can do at least like 10 minutes, that's great. Um, from there, I'm like, go like have breakfast. So I'll cook myself my breakfast, my eggs, bacon, vegetables, whatever. Um, and then from there, I'll do some level of like work, whether it be like patient emails or, you know, content, checking out like my Instagram content, communicating with patients. And then I'll do the movement practice. So in the movement practice, it'll be like qigong or tai chi or dancing or weight training, you know, like something to really get in my body. Is that something that you do on, like you follow through a, like a YouTube video or is that something you just do on your, by yourself? Like you I do on my own. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it on my own. And then after that, I kind of go into like a yin state coming out of that yang uh, movement based uh, approach. And that's where I'll usually do, like, my facial cupping and gua sha. And then, depending on what is the day looking like, like, am I, do I have a full day with treating patients, or am I having more of a slow day where I get to, like, work more on admin stuff? Uh, but I would say primarily, like, it's, like, the meditation, the movement. I'll do, like, the facial cupping and gua sha on myself. And depending on how I'm feeling, like, I'll do... Um, some acupuncture on my on myself. I mean, primarily I like to have someone else treat me, but I don't always have that available to me. Yeah. But if I can do sometimes like just like a, a small little like facial treatment or like some some head points to support the spirit, um, or even some for the digestion, like I'll I'll do that. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm always really curious to know like do acupuncturists acupuncture themselves, and I guess you do, but it's just like. I always think how, like, obviously you can't do your back, but right, the right. front part is accessible and available. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> um, I definitely try not to do that because it is a lot better to have someone else facilitate the experience for you because you're kind of in a more conscious state and like you don't allow yourself to go fully into a treatment when you're like so aware of the needling process. Uh, so I do try to go see acupuncturists and have someone treat me, depending on what I'm uh, I'm needing to work on. Uh, but sometimes, like I'll just do it on my own, and it, it also serves me. You know? yeah. yeah, I feel like I think the only reason why I question it is because, like, sometimes if I'm getting like acupuncture in my hands or something like that, and I I do feel like my if I move my hand, mm-hmm. I'll feel a little pain. Yeah. So I always think like, how is that even possible? Like, if you're acupuncturing yourself, like don't, and then you like lay down, like I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it works, yeah. it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, you usually just do, like, one part. You can't yeah, really do, do like, well. a full treatment. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you ease the chaos in your headspace? Like, how do you support yourself through difficult times? And, yeah. Uh, so, two of the big ones, of the tips that I mentioned earlier, like meditation, 
um, going into a meditative state. And then part of, part of that would be like, so I don't know if you've heard of to be magnetic, but I've done a lot of their work. A lot of the work is like journaling, going into a DI, which is like some level of hypnosis, uh, deep imagining, they call them. And then coming up out of that and journaling. So that's another really good one I've done whenever I have like a trigger and uh, emotional imbalance. Um, movement, which we talked on, like whether it's like actually going outside and like doing weight training, doing just some like gentle qigong in my home or dancing, listening to my favorite music. That is incredibly medicinal. And then lastly, it's like community. So whether it's like calling my mom, calling a friend, reaching out to people when something's heavy or like challenging for me to move through, my community is definitely how I feel supported in that process too. I will say I really, really did love your post for Mother's Day. I thought that was so sweet and it was, yeah, it was really, it is important. Um, oh, thank you. Of course. Um, <laughs> How, why do you feel like this work is so important to you, like in terms of who you are and what it, what it has brought to you into your life? Oh man, it's so funny because going into it, I was thinking like, this is going to be my career, but it was like acquiring the knowledge that I'm still acquiring, like I'm just at the tip of the iceberg of it all is been like. I said earlier, it's a transformational model of change where everything shifted within me from like the people who were in my life to the, the food that I consumed to the way that I moved to the way that I choose to go about my daily activities. Um, that was like incredibly incredible. I don't know. I can't even explain to you. Like once you start to release things and you accept like a whole new system of life like you change as a person but the understanding you acquire of how the universe works and how the, uh, nature works and how people work is so beautiful and I'm so incredibly grateful like I always reach out to like my my friends and peers who I went through school with and I'm like we have the coolest job yeah. it does not feel like work what feels like work is all the paperwork stuff, like all the back end, like, you know, trying to computer work, but like working with people and seeing them blossom and transform is such an honor and so beautiful. I feel like, I feel like I have a garden and then I just like see these flowers blossom and like see where they're at and like figuring out like, Oh, this one needs more sunlight or, Oh, this one needs a little more water, less water. And I'm just getting to see them all blossom and become these incredible humans. It's just, it's such an honor. It's incredibly beautiful. It is. And I just love how you talk about it. Like you can see your passion and you can, I, you found your purpose basically. And you, and it shows and it radiates through you. And it like really, truly, if, you know, people can go on your Instagram and they'll feel it. Like I felt <laughs> it when I looked at your Instagram and I found you on Instagram, like I could feel that you're you're very passionate about the work you do. And I think that's so important to like find someone like wherever you're looking for, if you're looking for an acupuncture, if you're looking for whatever you need, finding someone that is really passionate about their work they're doing, because that's how you know that 
that is like whatever you're seeking from them is going to click for you as well like it's gonna work with you like i said whether it's you're looking for a chinese medicine person or if you're looking for a i don't know like an art teacher like you want you just want it to be someone who really cares about the work they're doing because you know that they're going to be giving it their all back to you and i really do appreciate that about you (laughs) yeah thank you of course um how would you encourage the listeners to ease to for one ease their chaos and also i know we kind of touched on it but then also to finding their purpose because i feel like that's something that you have found like aligning with what you want for from life um yeah how would you encourage listeners to go about that yeah um for me personally like i would say like the person who has impacted me the most when i'm going through something difficult is and continues to do so is uh ram does you know i i if i'm having a challenging moment where i'm unable to reach out to someone then i put it on ram does like his youtube uh, recordings and lectures and allow him to work through me uh to get to a place where i can then reach out to someone else so if i can't reach out i have him reach out to me right uh and the other thing is too is like movement movement once you can move out of whatever you're feeling even if it's just shaking to change the physiology then you can start to like have some level of awareness of like okay i'm experiencing some level of anxiety or i'm experiencing some level of sadness then you can release the identification with it because your body is now in a different state than it so those would be my two things would be like listen to someone that has some level of spiritual expansion to offer you and move the body so that you're no longer inhabiting and expressing the physiology of someone who is in that mental state. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, this is, I just thought of this question, but what is your favorite, um, I guess, treatment that you like to do? For yourself or for others, whatever it might be. Ooh, that's a hard one. It's so funny. I got that week, that question earlier this week too. Um, I mean, I love working with people who have some level of like mental emotional imbalance uh, because to see that the ment- when someone's expressing like a mental emotional imbalance, it's a contraction of spirit. And when you start to work with them with acupuncture, herbal medicine, you start to see that spirit become expressed. And it's just like, wow, hi, like now we're meeting. (laughs) Okay. So you're just, okay, great. So you've released that, you know, and it's just like this emergence of the true self. It's so beautiful. And you see that in all of the cases, but primarily with mental emotional imbalances, when you receive someone coming in and they're like weeping and holding and contracted, and then they come out and they're just like open and relaxed and calm, smiling to see that shift in a person. It's just like so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Wow. It is. It's funny because like, I, I feel like that, I feel that too, like certain, just like even in conversation with people and they just start to like, just loosen up and like, start talking and like you start seeing like their their personality come out it's like a whole experience yeah um 
But yeah, I mean, in saying that, um, it kind of also made me think of, so in terms of, um, I guess, where was I going with this? Okay, let me try to phrase this in the best way. Um, in terms of like, yeah, like the, the modalities that you like to practice, those treatments that you mm-hmm. like to do, what, how can, how can others, um, I guess, you know, how can others um, find like what works, what what will work for them? Like, is that something that they'll 100% like working with someone else who is more a, a practitioner will like help them through? Or is that something that they need to like, are there any questions that they should know to be to ask a practitioner when they go in? Um, I think primarily it's looking for someone that will have some level of specialty with with what they're expressing. Um, and also, I always tell people to like, find someone that you feel resonance with, because that's what's going to serve you most. You know, if you feel like some level of connection, then it's going to serve you, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like a full bodied, yes, then that's going to serve you as like the practitioner that you want to need. I'm not the practitioner for everyone and I'm fully aware of it uh, because there's going to be another practitioner who is of higher resonance, whether it be because of ethnic and cultural background or whether because they offer different modalities or whether because um, they just are a different sex, you know, that's going to help them then you should go to where you feel most aligned and more called to. Um, I think the questions don't necessarily have to be towards the practitioner. I think the questions should be more internal of like, how does this person make me feel? How do I feel? Do I feel trust? Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel supported? Do I feel like this person is seeing me? I think that it's more of an internal process. I love that, yeah, because it's so easy to go in with like all these different questions. But if that person, like if the practitioner itself, like doesn't resonate with you and you don't feel comfortable with them, then there's no point essentially. You're going to have a block towards your own healing, which really that you're, you're limiting your own experience because the practitioner is a facilitator. You're going to do all of the healing truly. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. In terms of just, I guess, like, is there, can you tell, like, in a, from, like, because I know that in, in traditional Chinese medicine, there's, like, different body types. Is that something that you're able to, like, immediately pick up on when you meet a person? Like, you know, that there's, like, the wood, the earth, and, like, all these different elements. Is that something that you take into consideration when you're working with clients? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and you also see it in the spirit whenever they, they come to you. Uh, so it's it's like it's a full analysis of how they carry themselves physically, how they deliver themselves. And another thing for me is I'm able to extract some level of that information from the intake paperwork that I have too to see where they are at in terms of the elements. Okay. Well, I think all these like kind of like ending questions like all came to me just now so um let's just shift into how if someone wants to work with you what would that look like and how would they approach it and how would they approach you yeah um 
So currently, most of my patient population comes from Instagram, uh, which is awesome. So, you know, anyone reaching out to me can reach out to me through Instagram or my email as well. Uh, and usually the first visit, we do a in-depth consultation and evaluation of like, what are your current health concerns and current needs and getting like a history about all of how that came into being. And then we do a tongue and uh, pulse diagnosis, which is part of Chinese medicine. And then we figure out like what's going to be the most supportive treatment plan, whether it be uh, integrating brain spotting or whether it be like, let's run some functional lab testing to see where your gastrointestinal function is at or whether we just focus on acupuncture and cupping and give you some qigong exercises. So it's all dependent. It's a very individualized time that we spend together. And over time, like we do an evaluation because slowly but surely, like you want to get to a place. I always try to get patients in at like a weekly treatment because in the beginning we're working to create a lot of change but the end goal is to get to a place where you only need like a tune-up of acupuncture and cupping once a month okay. to create harmony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I do want to get into rapid fire questions, but do you have any, anything that you feel the need to share something, whether something that we haven't touched on or something that you feel like something has sparked your interest recently and you're like, Oh, that's something I want to share with the listeners or that's something I just feel called to share right now. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I, I delivered everything that I that I want to deliver and how I want to connect with, with people through this medicine. It's just, I love the multimodal approach of it and I love being able to support patients with it and give back agency to the patients too. I think it's very beautiful to empower them, you know. Like, sure, I can cup you and give you acupuncture, but to support you by telling you like, look at these herbs and look at these other things and approaches that you can do like Tai Chi, Qigong. It's just amazing to see people become empowered and be like, wow, I have some autonomy over my body. Yeah. It's very exciting for them. It is. I just thought of this right now and I was like, you know, in a sense, like, Yes, these type of treatments seem more expensive than going the route of just taking a medicine. But if you're actually taking a look at it, you're being supported in all areas of your life. Yeah. And to me, that's a better deal than just going and getting a supplement or getting a medication over the counter or however you're getting your medication and just not being supported in mental state and your emotional state and all these things so I think it's just a triple quadruple win in all areas that's very true there's like holistic medicine is a lot of relational work and if you look at western medicine it feels like there's a lot of a huge lack of relational approach yeah yeah okay well let's get into the rapid fire do you know your sun moon and rising sign yes okay my son is Aries my moon is Scorpio, wow. and my rising is Taurus. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. What are yours? I'm sun, moon, in Sagittarius, and my rising is Virgo, but my sister is quite literally 
exactly the same as you, just switch the sun and rising around. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, what's a favorite book or a book that, um, that you feel like people should read? Oh, man, that's... Oh. Books. Yeah. That's, That's a hard, hard one because I love so many books and I have I so many. I even buy books and I haven't even read them. I, I just have them on my, my to-read books. But right now, because I'm reading this one right now, we're going to talk about it. I'm reading um, Psycho-Emotional Pain with regards to the eight extraordinary vessels. Mm-hmm. And the eight extra, extraordinary vessels are part of Chinese medicine and they talk about more of the energetics that come with the mind and the spirit and um, their expression in the body. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like literally with every single book that's being recommended, I'm just adding it to my list and creating yeah. endless, I don't know how many books I'm going to be able to read in my lifetime, but hopefully I'll get through them all. Well, let me give you another recommendation. One of my favorite, favorite books, it's supposed to be for relationships, but um, like as like a partnership or romantic relationship but honestly everything that I took out of that book I could use into all relationships like all relational dynamics it was called embracing the beloved it's written by Steve uh, Andrea and his wife and it is just incredibly powerful okay I'm definitely gonna add that to my list and I'll also link it in the show notes for anyone who is interested in any of those two books do you have a random tip or piece of advice can be literally on anything. Take good, like, awareness of what makes you feel good and what does not feel good. You know, it's so important to know how you want to live life and what's going to support you best. And in those difficult moments or things that you don't like, I think those require like an even more introspective state of like, is this challenging because it's asking me to rise up, to up level, to become an evolved version of myself? Or is this challenging because it's taking from my heart, from my spirit, it's diminishing me. So I think knowing how to differentiate those two expressions when challenging things come up into your experience will be of such great support to to maximizing your your life i love that mm-hmm. yeah um mountain or sea oh man that's a hard <laughs> one <laughs> it really is <laughs> i have to say sea because oh, like yeah. i really i just love being warm yeah like if i can be by the beach yeah okay um a quote to live by oh, oh man I don't know. You know, I don't really, like, keep track of quotes necessarily. Um, like, are you, by me or, like, someone else? It can be anything. It can be by you. It can be, can be on the spot. You can say YOLO. Just <laughs> literally, it could be anything. Um, <laughs> everything in your experience you are choosing, so choose wisely. I'll take that. I really do love that. <laughs> do you have a spirit animal or a favorite animal? I love dogs. I really want a dog. I don't have one right now, but I'm like calling it into my experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fostered two puppies for literally three days. I just could not. <laughs> it's like, it was okay. Like, it's bad because they're puppies. Yeah. And Obviously, they need a lot of attention and training. It was yeah. it was not easy. I was 
I gave up after three days. I was like, I need to take care of my mental sanity for a second before I can get into this. But yeah, they are adorable. Um, what would what's a, actually a favorite food? Um, wow, bacon. Okay, I love bacon. <laughs> And Japanese sweet potatoes. Oh my god. Oh That's my like god. my dessert. Japanese that that sweet is potatoes. my dessert. Literally every single day I have to have Japanese sweet potato. Oh, it's so good. Same. Like, oh my god. I <laughs> love Japanese sweet potatoes. I literally have like so much in my fridge just like wrapped up, like ready to be roasted, ready to be air fried, whatever I need. Yes. It's so perfect. Totally. Um, what would you add to the world and what would you take away? Ooh, that's like such a convoluted one. I would add more compassion. I think if more people have more compassion than anything that feels challenging, we can rise above. Um, what I would take away would be greed. I think that is the root of the problem of what's happening with our planet right now. Um, and if we had those two elements come into being and ex full expression in all, in all aspects of humanity, our society and our planet would be thriving. It's funny that you say take away greed because I think when I think about this question a lot, I think I always come back to take away greed. Like there's nothing else that I can think of. I mean, a lot of people say processed food, which yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Even with that, like you remove the greed and that processed food is it's not going to be there. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. Um, well, where can everyone find you, work with you, connect with you? Yeah. Just... So like I said earlier, um, I connect with most people on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Dr. Maritza B-Y-G. So it's D-R dot Maritza, M-A-R-I-T-Z-A dot B-Y-G. And my uh, email is the same. It's dr.maritza, M-A-R-I-T-Z-A, dot B-Y-G at gmail.com. Uh, so those are like the primary two forms that I connect with people. That's great. Obviously, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. But it was really great talking with you. And I really enjoyed recording this episode. You truly do radiate like all this amazing energy and like just it really shows comes through how passionate you are about the work you do and I really loved yeah I really loved working uh, working with you I really liked connect, <laughs> like like connecting with you oh thank you so much for having me yeah, this was so great I appreciate it of course Thank you for tuning in to this episode. As always, all the information is always linked down in the show notes. If you want to connect with me or Dr. Maritza, it's all linked in the show notes. And all the books mentioned will be linked in the show notes, as well as how to connect with her and how to connect with myself. If anything enlightened you in this episode, or if you are going to implement anything from this episode, then I would absolutely love for you to share it on your stories, share it with a friend, tag me or Dr. Maritza in it because it would truly mean the world to the both of us. And I would love to hear from you. And without further ado, thank you to your precious ears for listening and goodbye.